From Project Archivist, makers of the Chatty Cathy doll, come the Rojan and Lobo doll. They don't walk, talk, wet their pants, or grow hair. They don't do much of anything, but they have upset the supply and demand cycle to an astonishing degree. There has never been such a first-year demand for a new doll. Just pull the string and they could say anything, like... I wear high heels all the time. See, that's what you get, you prick. Everybody hates us. As far as I'm concerned, they're the worst-looking things I've ever seen. I mean, they're pathetic-looking, they're homely. I don't know what exactly the attachment is. I think they're cute, but kind of funny-looking. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like their faces, but I want one. Order now at ProjectArchivist.com or order by phone, 734-681-0459. That's 734-681-0459. The Project Archivist dolls are not anatomically correct, except for Lobos. What you see is what you get. The Project Archivist dolls are not a real doll. If they were a real doll, we would strongly not recommend that you give them to your child. Project Archivist dolls should not be used as a sexual aid, but hey, whatever you do in the privacy of your own home is your business. Just make sure you pay us for it. The Rojan and Lobo Dolls, the must-have gift of 2018. What are you waiting for? Call and order yours now. Greetings and seasonal tidings to everybody out there listening right now. What an awkward way to start the show. Whatever holiday Christmas season you celebrate. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're either listening to it right before Christmas or right after Christmas. So we hope you have had a good holiday season and didn't put yourself in debt with credit cards. This is going to be a bizarre show. Um, maybe well no because this is at I put the thing up in the Facebook page a while ago it's what two months ago or something mm. saying hey call in about your favorite pizza because at the time we had this fierce debate going back and forth for days about what qualified as a pizza and weird pizzas and things like that thinking maybe one or two people would call as a result we got like I don't know what 12 15 calls here well um, it started out you posted it and then you said nobody ever calls so then I posted it and then phone calls started coming in yeah and then you went yeah. on and on about every time I post something people call in when you do nobody does no blah 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 no no they don't and so what everybody calls in about you know I could say hey call in wish the show Merry Christmas Happy New Year or whatever or just say call into the show you know let us know if you're listening or whatever out there no but I put a thing up about calling in on pizza and everybody calls into the show and I'm like you know what you know at the time me and you were like we don't want to record any more stupid shows anymore we want to record you know knowledgeable halfway decent shows we'll make the exception now because it's the end of the year it's Christmas or whatever so then it turned into, I guess, where we're going to be recording a Christmas pizza theme show, which doesn't go together at all. Yeah. And anyway, Pizza's so for every year, this is going to be a combination of weird Christmas related stories and pizza related stories. And uh, it's going to be an FG zero show. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so pretty much. I don't know how this episode's going to go. I don't know how long it's going to be, how short it's going to be. I know editing on my end is probably going to be a nightmare. But, editing um, in my end is going to happen. No, ah! no, I think it's going to happen for you at all. And then this is going to be the last show of the year, unless I throw something like a little bonus or something up there or what have you, which I, I may bonus. or may not do. But um, because since I'm still out of work right now, I've been sitting around the house losing my fucking mind. <laughs> I don't know how you've been able to stay out of work this long. Well, no it's... Idea. I made it seven days. The, a listener of the show got me a better job. It's Well, it looks Seven to be, days. Yeah. I, I, I've, I'm not going to be, I've, I've been out for a little while now and I'm pretty much 90%, 95% ready to go. I could, I could probably go back now if I took it easy, but the other place I won't be starting there for a little bit more yet. So it's like, all right, whatever. But, uh, 
yeah, I'm losing my I'm losing my brains here. So I'll I'll just start us off. Uh, we'll read an article, and then uh, after that, we'll listen to a phone call. We got at least one call we're gonna listen to, and you're gonna be hearing intermix. If you called in and left a message for the show in regards to pizza, then yeah, you're there's a good good possibility you will hear your call at some point in this show. So we'll start off with uh, this is from CNN. Foul mouth Santa horrifies parents. Uh, CNN, organizers of a Christmas event have apologized to outraged parents after a fire alarm reportedly prompted Santa Claus to burst out of his grotto, rip off his beard, and scream to children, get the fuck out! Merry Christmas, people. The incident occurred at an event at the... (laughs) Okay. He shouldn't have said that. He should have let your kids burn. Come on. <laughs> the incident occurred in an English town of St. Ives, Cam- Cambridgeshire, on Sunday when an alarm at a nearby but unconnected event caused an evacuation of the building, organizers said. While parents and children were already evacuating, so they were already on their way out, Santa Claus tore into the room and started causing havoc, a customer said on Facebook. He came changing in, which probably should say charging. charging. Yeah, he came changing in, uh, ripped off his hat and beard off in front of 50 odd kids and started shouting and swearing at people to leave, the post said. You should be ashamed of yourself for acting like that in front of children. There is no way he should be allowed near a child, he added. So a building's on fire and he's trying to run in and Just save like people. Just like a little rotter's bird. Granted. Give shit. The nightmare before Christmas prompted an apology from the event's organizers who explained that the fire alarm had gone off in an unrelated family-friendly rave. Okay. Taking place. <laughs> Maybe he was hitting something before he ran in. Santa's on Dropping E, e and screaming. <laughs> Taking place in the same building and that Santa had merely been trying to help. Santa was upstairs in his grotto and immediately assisted in the evacuation of the building. Upon hearing the fire alarm, festival events St. Ives Fest said... Fest wished to apologize. F capital E no capital F capital E capital T capital S small T. That's bizarre. Wanted to apologize for an uh, offense yes, it's or dis- festival event St. Ives. That's why it's spelled that way. Wish to apologize for any offense <laughs> or so- distress caused by parents. Shut up! I can't read because I'm dyslexic. I parents never and children. Ch- no, I learned to read. I just have dyslexia, which well. is, adds to the flavor of the show. I was just telling oh, Joe from Ozone that the other night when we were playing online. Uh, children, by attempts to ensure all visitors and staff had exited the building and were safe, they added. But the incident, which some on social media likened to the 2003 movie Bad Santa, left parents furious. A mother told local news outlet Cambridge, uh, Cambridgeshire. You just read that. I know. Cambridgeshire Live. My friend's little boy was upset as his dad was carrying him when Santa told him to get the fuck out. <laughs> Come on, man. Adding that she had to tell her children that the man wasn't the real Santa, but an imposter who would be going on the naughty list. <laughs> Good lord. You know what? The Just building's on fire. fire. Chaos is happening. Santa's running around, ripping off his beard, cussing and swearing at children. Cats and dogs living together. Rocks falling from the sky. The event is Just set to can't. go ahead this weekend. Organizers did not immediately respond to CNN requests for comment and have not confirmed whether the same Santa Claus will return. He should. He tried to save children. <laughs> Fuck these parents. <laughs> If you bring right. your kid to a mall and you, your kid thinks that's the real Santa, you've failed as a parent. Oh, man. Uh, mom called in and left a message. We will play hers first because it's mom and she's been with us for a long time. Did she send you something this year for Christmas? Yep. Yep. Me Thank too. you. Yes. Thanks, mom. So she phoned hers in very like last, but since it's mom, we're going to play it first. So let me know when you play it. 
Hi, boys. It's Mama Duff. Um, yes, I'm late. I didn't put my pizza in. Um, my favorite pizza, believe it or not, is Pizza Hut Taco Pizza. Uh, the beef. I really like that a lot. And Lobo, my favorite sandwich, as you called for sandwiches, is a Burger King Whopper. Ooh. Oh, my God. I could die for one of those right now. <laughs> Anyways, so love you, boys. Um, still enjoying the show. It takes me a while to catch up sometimes, but... Yeah. Anyways, keep it up, and we'll talk to you again. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Love you, Mom. I think weed's legal in Wisconsin now. Is it? I think. I don't know if weed. Maybe. Weed I don't know. Uh, That's not going to stop Duffy, Mom. I, I'm just I'm just saying. It doesn't mean anything at all. <laughs> if, if you were inclined to do such things and, and have munchies. She spits in the eye. <laughs> the gallop. <laughs> All right, let's move on to food and wine here since we are we have broached this the topic of pizza. Mm. Um I will read the first one, you'll do the second and then I'll do the third. Am I? Yeah. Indeed. So I will do the cranberry egg pizza. What is this the open uh the not cranberry is, egg? Cadbury. Not cranberry. Cadbury. No, that's not the first one. You have to do the first one. It yeah, has that's, Cumberbatch Numby bits or whatever is That isn't a pizza. If you want so to read what? it, go right ahead. That, no, that's I'm not a, reading it. I can't even say his name right, and he can't say penguin right. Benedict Cumberbunnies? Okay, this isn't a pizza, but hey, no, you want me to read no, it? No, go. Read the pizza one. The internet is a black hole of strange, weird, and wonderful things, especially when it comes to food. Rather than dive yourself, uh, then dive in yourself, let FWX do it for you. Here are five of the most absurd food items we saw this week. I'll read the stupid Benedict Cumberbunny one. You um, said his name wrong. That's the it's way it's... Benedict Snubby Buns. All right. Uh, chocolate Benedict Cumber Snubby Bunnies. Uh, oh here God. is the perfect Easter gift for the Sherlock lover in your life. A chocolate bunny with Benedict Cumber Buns face. <laughs> it's nightmarish, adorable, Dr. and... strange bunnies! ...hunger-induced. All the same time, available in milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and white chocolate with an edible 22-karat gold bow tie. No. The Cumber Bunnies don't come cheap at 50 pounds, $71 a pop. This is from Board Panda. Okay, I guess you can read the Cadbury that one. Nice. No, you can read that one. Cadbury cream egg pizzas. I can't stand Cadbury I eggs. They're just it. a ball of way too intense sugary goop. And it's like... Diabetes. I, for whatever reason, like when I think of them, it just makes me want to gag. So, Cadbury... This is a dessert pizza, if you will. Cadbury cream egg pizza. We all know that pretty much anything is better with an egg on top. But what about chocolate egg? Crazy Pedro's in Manchester, England recently introduced the I am the Resurrection Pizza. I am the Resurrection Pizza, a 10-inch pie topped with chocolate sauce, marshmallows, brownie chunks, meringue, and a halved cream egg. It's like you threw, <laughs> it's like Easter threw up on a crust. Yum. That one's unmashable. You can keep the meringue. Ugh. Tempura pizza. A marshmallow topped Easter pizza is too healthy of a choice for you. Try tempura fried pizza. Now available in NYC's Sake Bar Haggy 46. The pizza tempura is exactly what it sounds like. A slice of pizza that's been coated in batter and deep fried. So how is it? Damn good. According to Ediku... What is that? Itaku. Itaku. Listen to you with your Japanese blogger and the Marvel talent scout CB Kabolski. Gothamist. Pizza mm. topped with cold shredded cheese. 
And the last, mm-hmm. <laughs> the last bit of pizza news this week. The Long Island Pizza Parlor is gaining notoriety for something called Cold sl- Cheese Slice. It's a cold slice of cheese pizza, but instead of slice of traditional cheese pizza top of a handful of cold shredded mozzarella, though it recently resurfaced <laughs> on social media channels, the slice has actually be a the slice has actually be in regular Okay. I am I'm reading it as it is spelled. Yep. <laughs> though it recently resurfaced on social media channels, the slice has actually be in regular rotation in Little Vincent's menus since the nineteen eighties. I should reread the whole article written as that way. No, don't do that. <laughs> the world's longest ice cream Sunday. This June, an ice cream parlor in Ludington, Michigan, Luddington. will attempt to break the Guinness. Well, huh? It's Ludington. It's not too far from me. Okay. World record for the longest ice cream desert. Desert. Oh, my God. Dessert. With a, shut up. With an ice cream Sunday that will run the length of ooh, eight city blocks. Not pizza. Why were you not there? Who cares if it's not pizza? Shut up! Because like the last thing cream. I want to do is eat a Sunday that's eight blocks long. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Diabetes. Um, all right, I'm done reading. Okay. Well, you got to read the next one, anyways. There is no next one. Yeah, there is. There's live science. I said I was done reading. No, you're reading this one. No. No, because I, I got to read the KFC. Do you want to take a break? Do you want to take a break? Shut up! Why don't we just take a break and go on to the next call? No. 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 Go ahead, read it. It hurts. <laughs> I have that it's effect not... on people. <laughs> oh, she said, you're an asshole. Go on, read it. Italian we got to take a break. Just wrote a perfect pizza equation because not all heroes wear capes. That pizza looks pretty freaking good. Uh, if you'd like to eat the world's most scientifically perfect pizza, you have two options. One, fly to Rome and order a margarita pizza fresh from a brick oven. Or two, solve a long thermodynamic equation to simulate that glorious Italian pizza in your pathetic electric oven at home. That's the basic premise of a new paper titled The Physics of Baking Good Pizza. It's straight to the point. Published earlier this year in the preprint journal Erexive. Sure. Not at all it, a erectile dysfunction medication. Oh, to what, dude? What? The pizza goes in your mouth, not your penis. In the mouth-watering study, two physicists, uh, Andre Verlomov the Institute of Superconductors, Oxides, and Other Innovative Materials. That's a, loud, that's a long name. It's still going. And, <laughs> roll. <laughs> and Andreas Glatz of Northern Illinois University. Of course. And one food anthropologist, Sergio Grasso, an author of the filmmaker and filmmaker based in Rome, recall the scientifically unassailed pizzas that sa- they sampled while they were the three were working in Rome. I'm having a hard time reading. Yes, you've got it from me. Hi, thanks for that. Their pie of choice is simple margarita. A personal pie of tomato, mozzarella, and basil represented the red, white, and green of the Italian flag. Prepped and brick oven baked before their eyes by a seasoned pizziolo, which is Italian for dude who makes pizzas. In two minutes flat, the authors watched Rome's uh, pizza artisans transform doughy slices into golden pies covered with mouth-watering bubbles of cheese and demanding to be washed down with a pitcher of good beer. The physicists, the physicists of what make... <laughs> physicists... <laughs> physics of what makes beer a good beer are lamenting not addressed in this paper. 
The secret, a proud Pizzioliolio informed the authors, was the physics of the brick oven. With a wood fire burning in one corner, heat radiates uniformly through the curved walls and stone floor of the oven, ensuring an even bake on all sides of the pie. Under ideal conditions, the authors wrote, a single pizza margarita could be baked to perfection in precisely two minutes in a brick oven heated to 625 degrees Fahrenheit, or for those across the pond, 330 degrees Celsius. When additional toppings require additional bake time, some pizzioliolios may lift the pie up uh, with a wooden or aluminum spade for an additional 30 seconds or so in order to expose the pizza to heat, to just heat irradiation and prevent toasty bottoms. Or a toasty bottom. Wow. Do you have a toasty bottom roll? Don't own a brick oven at home because you're a normal person? The authors have hopefully described how to simulate the pizza a la Roma perfection in a standard electric oven with physics. If you are baking your pie in an electric oven, chances are your pie is resting on a metal tray or baking rack or pizza stone if you have the money because the conductivity of metal is significantly more powerful than that of brick, the bottom of your pizza will absorb heat much more quickly than the rest of the pie. Baking your dough at 625 degrees F, why did they just write Fahrenheit, for two minutes will therefore turn your pizza into coal, the authors wrote, and there is no beer good enough to salvage a coal pie. I don't know if you drink enough, everything tastes good, isn't that right? Especially my beer. Well, I wouldn't know. Yeah, uh, that's good. Use, yes, using a long throw dynamic equation, which you can read yourself in the paper, which we don't have. Once again, oh, I can click on the link while you're reading. I might actually do that. The authors I... determined that the pizza cooked in an electric oven could meet similar conditions to a Roman brick oven by turning the heat down to 450 F, 450 degrees F. 230 degrees. Jesus Christ, this is a long-ass paper, not to interrupt you, but this paper is seven pages long, has graphics, numbers, equations, charts, um, scientific data. Yeah, there's there's things. This, yes, this is why I read peer review papers. There's like, there's like seriously hardcore mathematically long <laughs> equations sure. here for getting to the speed of light. I, I'm, I'm serious. There's like... Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. This, have you ever looked at a scientific paper? For pizza like this, this is what happens when scientists get stoned. No. Yes. No, this is what happened. You got a couple of physicists that got together, drank some beer, got really baked on weed while they were eating pizza and were more like, dude, I got an idea. Let's sit down and figure out the mathematical equation for like the best pizza man. It'll be awesome. This is the last time you were high. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> Not okay, that high. going on when you're high, bro. Weren't you reading an article before I rudely interrupted I you? Okay, go ahead. You gotta re- you gotta cook it for 170 seconds. Crucially, the authors noted aspiring pizzioliolio cooks cooking toppings with higher water content, basically any additional vegetables, may need to leave the pies in the oven longer, as the pizza will return more heat to the oven via evaporation. The authors concluded that while your homemade pizza will probably never be as perfect as a fresh fire brick pie devoured in front of a thousand eager pigeons near the Colosseum, physics can help you make a step in the right direction. And that is a problem. If that is a problem for you, perhaps try to make some steamed dumplings instead. The authors have a paper on that too. They wrote a paper on steamed dumplings. There you go. For reals. All right. So let's listen to a few calls here. Also, 
there's a little throwback in this as well because this originally got started for me a year and a half ago over on Almost Educational because Patrick and Dennis were having a big debate and they did it there where they had a couple of people call into the show about what a pizza actually was. And it turned into this big, long thing over there as well. But anyways, here, we're going to play a couple of pizza calls. I, I think we'll start this one off with, with little Amy, and uh, we'll see you guys at the other side. Hey, guys. This is Amy from Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Uh, what is a pizza? That's a good question. A pizza is a circle of dough that you put tomato sauce on and cheese. And sometimes, no, wait, lots of times, meat. I don't cook meat on it. Um, I like olives, jalapenos, green peppers. Oh, I like everything except for meat. But if I was to eat meat, everything but sausage and Canadian bacon. That's just kind of gross. But my question is, when is a pizza not a pizza? Because... Isn't a pizza kind of like a flatbread? If you make a tiny flatbread and put tomato sauce in it, does that not make it a pizza? I, I don't know. Where do we go from here, people? It's Del Martini's calling about what is a pizza? It's thin crust, and guess what? It doesn't have pineapple on it. Extra cheese, pepperoni, and I guess that's it. Hey, it's me again, because I feel passionate about this topic, because pizza is important. When does a pizza become a flatbread? Because if you cut it up into squares, isn't it just a little flatbread? Like, does it have to be cut into triangles to be a pizza? And does it even have to be a circle to be a pizza? I just, I feel like we could go many different directions with this. Uh, what is a fruit pizza? Is that actually a pizza? Because that doesn't even have any cheese or meat on it. And the crust is not the same. And I don't think that you cut it in the triangles. I'm not really sure. I don't eat fruit pizza. But, yeah, this is, this is important stuff. Thanks. You didn't get to hear the call yet. You'll have to listen to the episode to hear it. But, well, I mean you, Kobo, not everybody else. Mm. But Amy's adorable. She's like the show's little sister, I swear. Um I don't know who who still Martinis is, but <laughs> it's good to hear from you, whoever you are, listening to Blue Monday in the background. Moving on, uh, this is not a pizza-oriented story, but it is sort of holiday-oriented if you want to look at it from the aspect of burning a Yule log. Um, one of the most shared stories around the internet: KFC selling fire log that smells like fried chicken. Columbus, Ohio, tis the season for fried chicken. If you're a KFC fan, it is. The fast food chain is now selling a fire log that smells like the famous 11 herbs and spices when burned. KFC 11 herbs and spices fire log is for the Envirolog and is made of 100% pure recycled materials. Each fire log can burn up to 2.5 to 3 hours and KFC says it results in a craving for chicken. One KFC 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log sells for $18.99. Man, that's kind of steep, but uh, including tax, shipping, and handling. If you're interested in purchasing one of KFC's logs, KFC is now selling them on their website while supplies last. And I clicked on the website. I'm going to actually do it again right now. Um, there's a thing on here. It's really funny. There's like a little disclaimer. Disclaimer. Disclaimer! Wow, that's uh, easy for you to say. 
Oh, they're sold out. No surprise. Each fire log can burn two to five to three hours, can be stored in a, in a no, and no shelf life, store in a safe, well dry air, uh, dry away area from pets, because pets will try to eat this shit. May result in a craving for fried foods. You know, fire log smells good, but please do not attempt to eat it. May attract bears or neighbors who are hungry. Please do not put face directly in fire in attempt <laughs> to smell fried chicken. You know, somebody tried this for them to have to have that warning. Uh, imbued with the unmistakable mouth-watering aroma of Colonel Sanders' secret recipe, the KFC 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log finally puts to rest the age-old dilemma, how can I make the fire of a hundred, what, bajillion, oh, a hundred bajillion times better? This one-of-a-kind fire log from EnviroLog, a leading manufacturer of fire logs made of 100% recycled materials, which I already stated in the other article, is yep. a result of countless hours of research and development, all done over the last couple of months since we had this idea. Put a fire log today, pick up a fire log today, and you'll be wondering how you were ever able to enjoy a fire that didn't smell like fried chicken. If I had a fireplace, which you have a fireplace, don't you? Or did you have a real well, one? It's or, gas. It's yeah. a gas fireplace. No. Yeah, but you could throw a, you could throw one of these onto a gas fireplace, I'm no, sure. No, no, right. no. No, mine's vent free. No. If they if they weren't so expensive, because I do frequently have fires in my backyard with my buddies, I would get a couple of these and just toss them back there and just make the whole neighborhood smell like KFC. I think that would be just an make awesome your own. idea. How do you make your own KFC fire log? Just take a bunch of freaking KFC chicken skin and throw it on the fire. Yeah, but the the skin's probably like the best part of the chicken, though. That's where well, all dude, the- I gave you an answer, and now you're shitting on it. Well, I don't want to go buy a bunch of throw KFC chicken. Just, just, to- just throw the bucket yeah, in it. Yeah, but that's not going to be the same. Ask him for a cup quickly. of the chicken grease. Your ideas are failing, sir. Failing. <laughs> Fuck you. Failing. You have a horrible idea. Just go buy the fire log, which is sold out. Why do, why do people no, do this? How am I supposed to buy this something is a bitch. sold out? You want to know what grinds my gears? Okay, here's the oh, thing. Geez. All of these companies, these fast food companies, come out with these really crazy, wicked, cool ideas, and they sell out instantly. Instead yeah, because of, there's idiots just like us. That's why they sell out. Wait. They, you, okay, what there was that one? There was that perfume that smelled like a. It was cologne that smelled like a Whopper. I think it was. No, now, there was a fried chicken cologne. Okay, again, and that one sold out instantly. Yeah, and I would have bought it. Exactly, but well, you can't because they sold out too quick. And then they had some really yeah, ugly because sweaters. there's a lot of us. That's why. Well, they need to make. They need to go. Hmm, this was a good idea. Maybe we should make some more of this shit and keep on selling it until no, like there's because no because then demand. they'll saturate the market and then no one will want it. I want a market saturated with KFC chicken logs. I, I mean, Dude, no one's what is so bad about that? Asparagus, like perfume or Brussels sprout shaving cream. No one's doing. You know what that. you can still get? You can get shirtless Captain Kirk perfume. They have a per, per, they have a male cologne called Captain. I don't know, but you can still buy it. It's still available. Yeah, you know why? Because it's not a saturated market. Because nobody wants to smell like Shatner. We are shouting into the microphones right now. I don't know what we're yelling about. Yes. It's <laughs> Why don't you take us to Fox News, the bastion of fair and balanced media, media, and tell us why America is great again for Pizzeria sends customer a funny note after refusing to put pineapple on her pizza. I begrudgingly read from Fox News. It's about pizza. People have strong opinions about whether pineapple belongs at pizza, but one Arizona pizzeria has apparently reached its breaking point. How did you read it so goddamn fast? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) On Saturday, a student at University of Arizona in Tucson claimed she ordered a pizza topped with a tropical fruit, but was instead delivered a pie sans pineapple. In its place was a $5 bill, along with a note from the employees who, who was tasked with preparing her pizza. 
Dude, that is the ultimate troll. Couldn't bring myself to put pineapple on it. The pizza maker wrote on the underside of the pizza box top. That's gross. Do you need a minute Sorry. here to gain some composure? <laughs> Just can't. That's the best. Oh. oh, then there's a picture of it on Twitter of I ordered a pizza with pineapple. Oh. Allie, the student who ordered the pizza, told Thrillist that everything else she wanted was accounted for. Chicken, onion, barbecue sauce, just no pineapple. Oh, she wanted a Hawaiian chicken sandwich. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. The student also claimed she called the pizzeria afterward, but not to complain. She told them she thought their joke was funny, but asked if they were still possible to get the pizza she ordered. They said they'd be happy to compensate with coupons, but I just let it slide. She told the thrillist, the $5 was enough. Allie didn't specify which pizza place sent her the pineapple-free pizza, but a friend of hers has already defended the story's validity to critics on Twitter as the two were allegedly FaceTiming when Allie received her delivery. <sighs> There's a lot of freaking pictures that we can't show anybody here. Look, she's funny, but not this funny to make it up. I witnessed this happen. And then there's a clip you can go to. This incident comes amid a growing debate over pineapple's uh, place on a pizza, which began in February after Iceland's president... Oh, my God, what is that word? Wait! I can read it. I can read president it. President told a group of high schoolers that he <laughs> the topic illegal if he could. I don't even know how to pronounce guanies, that. Guanies? Guanies? G-U... I don't know. What is that letter? G-U... It's an O with an umla over top Dude, of it. Dude, that is not an O. That is not an O. That's like okay. a it's it's, it's, it's a fictional it Icelandic letter that only exists in that company. Just call him Thor. Thor <laughs> remarks, while said in jest, kicked off a rousing discussion on social media between pineapple proponents and anti-pineapple factions. All right. Yes. What? For our Icelandic listeners, because I, I think we, we have, have any Icelandic. I listeners? think we have half of one. Um, half of a listener. The guy's name is G U. O with an umla on top or it's fictional whatever that okay fictional thor letter n e t h dot here comes the last name and i'm going to spell it out for you j o that is an umla j o h a n n e s s o n u r i n g yo johansor johansoring snoring english motherfucker do you speak thor it? <laughs> yeah dude that's a Dude, Odin's remarks, while said in jest, kicked off a rousing discussion on social media between pizza, pineapple pizza proponents and anti-pineapple factions. I almost said fascists, but go ahead. Yeah, what, you probably wouldn't be long, wrong. Remember, just substitute the guy's name for Thor or Odin from here on. I, no problem. Uh, yes to pineapple pizza, and then there's a bunch of hashtags. Team pineapple, blah, 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 blah. When someone orders a pizza with pineapple, pineapple on pizza, there's a bunch of Twitter yeah, yeah. shit. Go on, scroll through, uh, scroll through it all. There's Thor himself left. even took to Facebook to clarify his stance, telling his followers that he enjoys pineapple, but just doesn't prefer it on a pizza. I do not have the power to make laws that which forbid people to put pineapple on their pizza, wrote Thor in February. I am glad that I do not hold such power. The guy can wield Stormbreaker and Millier, but he can't take pineapple off pizza. Hail pineapple! There is a link that is attached to it that I will give a check out here. This is the best cheese to use on homemade pizza. 
I don't like big stupid puddles on my pizza, shouted test kitchen manager Brad Leon, bringing up a, an excellent point. Soggy pizza is the worst, especially when you're taking the time to make it at home. While most people will point to the sauce as an area of blame here, the real culprit is probably the cheese. Yes, that fresh, excuse me, fresh mozzarella you sprung from, uh, ah, yeah. Easy for you to say. Yeah, that fresh mozzarella you sprung for might be the best for your dough. Think about fresh mozzarella. It's almost always comes packaged in water. Preserve the softness of the cheese. Real actual like ball ma- mozzarella is the bomb. Mozzarella uh, is made out of water buffalo milk. That's a lot of extra liquid and that makes uh, its way into your pizza spreading across the pie when the mozzarella starts to melt. More water means more puddles which we all know are bad for pizza's general health and well-being. I never looked at my pizza and said that looks like an unhealthy pizza. It needs health care. Leon, who is known for uh, to make cast iron personal pizzas like it's his day job, okay, sort of is, opts for something a little further down the mozzarella totem pole. Low moisture mozzarella is what you want. It's It sours for a little longer and is dried to remove the moisture. Uh, that's the bag stuff you buy in the store, I assume, that everybody said had wood pulp in it. Uh, sure. Yeah, the plastic wrap stuff that feels dense enough to seriously injure someone is if accidentally thrown. It's not fancy, but if you want a puddle-free puddle, puddle free pizza with the perfect cheese, it doesn't get any better. Save that super soft fresh, fresh mozzarella for salads, sandwiches, and grains. Why don't you just do like I do? Take the mozzarella cheese out of the liquid, put it into some kind of a rag or something, squeeze it a little bit, and get the moisture out of it, and really dry it before you go slicing it and put it on your pizza. I have more problems with getting pepperoni that's bad. That Well, I wouldn't say it's bad, but when you cook it, it's got a lot of grease in it, so when you pull your pizza out, there's like puddles of oil on your pizza. Do you have that You're problem? You're supposed to eat that. Uh, you're supposed to eat that we have a pizza See, i understand with you being out in michigan and all you don't know what real pizza is oh don't start this shit i respect that but you're wrong. imbue thine buttocks with your kisses <laughs> oh my god okay dude you lit no i'm sorry i'm sorry no we're gonna have this argument again no, well, okay, every, really here's the from. problem. Every motherfucker out there that lives in whatever state, unless you live in, like, I don't know, Utah, says that their state is the best state no, that there no, is no, for pizza. No, 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 no. Chicago is the best. New York is New the York best. Pizza. Connecticut is the best. New Haven pizza. That's why it, it's pizza. Not, I live in you know, Michigan, it's good pizza. No, it's not. I live in Maine, it's good pizza. No, it's not. It's shit pizza. Oh I God. live in Florida, it's shit pizza. Come out here and have okay. real pizza. I will say that what they have labeled as Michigan pizza is kind of crappy. Uh, MC Barnes, who I may or may not have played her voice message by now, but if I haven't, I'll play it after this one. And Chuck both brought up a good point. Deep dish pizza, though I do rather enjoy it, is not pizza. It's casserole. But I still like it. It's delicious, but it's not pizza. I still like it. I still enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, over here in Michigan, what has become known as Michigan pizza, I will admit, is crap. There's a place up here called Buddy's Pizza. And if you are a Detroit area listener or a Michigan-based person and I say this and it offends you, sorry. But they've become known as what's Detroit-style pizza, which is really thick crust pizza, all the toppings, put the cheese on, and then they splash the sauce over top of the cheese. And it's just not that great. It really is just not good pizza. I mean, I'll eat it. It's like, all right, I'll eat Buddy's pizza, but it's really not my definition of really good pizza. So, you I don't know. Pizza next time you call her. Everybody says that. 
Everybody says that. Except for when we went to Vegas, Chuck was supposed to... Chuck, that's another person. Chuck, you, you asshole, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck posted the pictures in the Facebook page of a pizza that had, was just covered in pickles. I would eat that. Yeah, I know. I know you would. The only time I've ever had pizza that was good with pickles on it, we had a piece up place up here, which is now closed. It was like one of those CC's kind of all-you-can-eat pizza places. And they Ugh. had a... Um, they had a Big Mac pizza, which was essentially a Big Mac on a pizza, and it had pickles on it, and it was pretty good. So, but that's the only time I've had pickles on pizza and enjoyed it. And he was going to try to take me out to a place in Vegas to get me to eat it, but I was like, nah, I don't think so. All right, I got to read the next one here. Uh, this next one comes from the SeattleTimes.com. 100 pizzas and counting German police probe pizza stalker. Berlin, German police are investigating a case of severe pizza stalking in the western town of Dortmund. Uh, police are looking into someone who's bombarded a lawyer by sending scores of pizzas to his office. They said Wednesday the annoyed attorney, uh, the annoyed lawyer pressed charges. Where did I get all that? See, this is where my brain just says lawyer. Make that word attorney and insert an extra word. They said Wednesday the annoyed lawyer pressed charges in January but told them he had no idea who, who was behind the unwanted pizza deliveries. First world problems, dude. Local newspaper Rar Nachrichten, sorry German listeners, named the lawyer as Guido Grohli, which is a fine German name. Many, many German people that I know are named Guido. Uh, also. Absolutely. <clears throat> he did not shoot first, hand shot first. Uh, he told them that he had already received. Oh my God! He told them that he had already received over 100 pizzas. Grolet or Grohl says it's so irritating. I don't even get my work done anymore. He says sometimes notices about the first deliveries of the day pop up on his phone during his morning shower. So okay, I can just see this dude in the shower like soaping down, and he's got <laughs> his phone in his hand waiting for that message to come through. Yo, you got pizza. First world mm -hmm. problems, buddy. Um, lately, however, the anonymous buyer's tastes have Jane changed. There has also been deliveries of fresh sushi. Sorry, dude, you got worse problems than I do. Sausage and Greek food. Um, so yeah, somebody keeps sending this guy like pizzas. He's already gotten over a hundred of them. Now, let me ask you: If you were That's working tough. somewhere and people just started sending you pizza all the time, you know, would that bother you? You know, you're not, not paying all. for it. No, dude, free food? I'm all, I'm all about it. Now, I eat sushi. You don't. But if I were to start getting sushi, which is, by the way, pr quite pricey, I, I don't think I'd have a complaint or anything about that. Oh. All right. Next is uh, next is going to be your story. Uh, this is an old one we covered way, way back. But for this, this uh, sense of prosperity and, I don't know, a bunch of other shit and it has to do with pizza, I just threw it back in here again. Wow, my speaker's rolling across my desk. That's what that Good. noise is. So go ahead and take us to uh, Weird Week. We, uh, week in, weekinweird.com. Police say Italian pizzeria is allegedly cooked with used wood from disinterred coffins stole from cemetery. Naples has long been known for its incredible cuisine, but when it comes to their pizza, foodies can't stop, can't stop gushing. Not only are their pies regularly referred to as the best in the world, but they also lay claim to creating the Napolitan here in the early 1700s. So what makes their pizzas taste so great? Well, according to recent investigation, it might be a special flavor provided by corpse-aged coffins. Cue the retching. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be retching over that. If it makes it taste good, I don't care. Oh, I don't want to eat pizza that's been soaked. In, whatever, go ahead. Over the last, we've been over this before. I don't yeah. care if it tastes good. You can tell me it's made out of babies. I'm still going to eat it. Over the last few years, Italy's cemeteries have been have seen a rash of grave robberies and vandalisms that have had the authorities concerned. In 2009, nearly 5,000 flower pots went missing from a local graveyard, only to resurface on the black market. 
Not a call for those flower pots, huh? But flower parts, pots aren't the only thing being resold. According to Italian police, there's a reason uh, There's reason to believe that coffins, even some hundreds of years old, are being dug up, chopped up, and sold to many low-end pizzerias in order to fuel the wood stoves essential for the classic. That delicious margarita pizza you ate while visiting Naples a few years ago, there's a good chance it tastes a little bit like a dead guy. <laughs> And you didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Pizzas are made of people. Pizza, one of the few symbols of Naples that endures, is hit by a concrete suspicion that it could be baked with wood from coffins. The Italian newspaper, yeah, Giamol wrote. I don't even two. Is that two? Giamol. Say it's a Mario. Ah, it's me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> A gang may have set up a market for coffins sold to hard, hard-hearted owners of bakeries and pizzerias looking to save money on wood. Oh my God! In order to Are they that hard up for wood over there? No trees there. Yeah. In order to follow up on their suspicions, the local police launched an investigation in 2010. But so far, there's been no break in the case. No, because the cops are eating the pizzas. That's not exactly surprising since Italy's roughly 25,000 pizzerias employ nearly 150,000 people and make loads and loads of money. Imagine what might happen to the pizza industry if tourists found out that their gourmet pies were flavored with old corpses. Oh, whoops. Uh, All right, let's uh, go ahead. You would eat it? Yeah, I know you would. I don't don't know if I want to be eating pizza made with, with, with caskets. There's a disease factor. I don't, well, I don't know. I guess the the wood being burned would, of course, would, would, it would sanitize it, no? Or would you have to worry about remnants of the stuff being caught in the smoke? Well, I mean, if the if they're uh, embalmed, you might have to worry about latent chemicals left over. Exactly. Because those corpses will decay, and that stuff will eventually seep its way into the wood. Yep. So there's an issue there. All right, let's play a couple of more calls here, and then we'll bounce back with a few more. Hey, this is Michelle, a.k.a. MC Barnes on Facebook. I'm on your page, and I was just reading your um, entry about what defines a pizza to me and what my favorite pizza toppings are. I would say that um, what defines a pizza is all about the crust. It should be thin and chewy, um, yet a little crispy as well. By definition, none of that Chicago deep dish crap. That's a casserole. And my favorite pizza toppings? Are, ho- um, are Hawaiian, actually. Pineapple and ham forever. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Hi, this is Trey from Missouri. And if you don't know what pizza is, you live under a rock. I'm not even going to define it. Also, the best topping, or my favorite topping, is Italian sausage with onions and olives. It's classic. It's yummy. Bye. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Manny calling from Chicago. So what is pizza? Pizza is deep dish Chicago pizza with lots of cheese and lots of marinara sauce. Uh, favorite toppings has to be a meat combo, um, you know, sausage and bacon and, you know, everything but anchovies. And, yes, pineapple can go on pizza. So, yep, that's what it is. Pizza is not pizza list. It's Chicago deep dish, and that's my opinion, and I'll stick with it. Peace. Okay, so we're going to start the next one off. There's a video floating around Facebook and social media. I believe it's been on Twitter as well. 
and it's a little thing that says how Christmas is going for me this year. And it's got all these dudes in Santa Claus clothes that are actually like just fighting and beating the shit out of one another. It's pretty funny. Well, it turns out there is actually a story behind that. And this comes from uh, fa, well, I guess uh, NBCNewYork.com, mm-hmm. Channel 4. Cop punched in face at Hoboken SantaCon. 14 arrested. In the face. face. Punches in the face. 14 people arrested Hoboken SantaCon on Saturday, including one man who punched a police sergeant in the face. And the police chief said, uh, the police chief said on Twitter. I don't know why I added an extra word again. Chief Ken Ferrente was tweeting real-time updates of the police response at to SantaCon, a bar crawl in which participants dress in Santa costumes. So the guy's like tweeting real-time updates as this stuff's going down on Twitter. The cop is doing this. I believe it was the cop, yes. Mm-hmm. Two officers were hurt in a fight near Cadillac Cantini, he said. One of the officers was hospitalized with a dislocated thumb. The other was punched in the face. Two men ages 22 and 23 were charged with aggravated assaults on officers, Ferente said. Two other officers were treated after they were exposed to blood at the bra at Johnny Rockets, the chief said. So it sounds like this, this roaming fight of fighting Santa Claus is just kind of like, it's, it's like... It's like a zombie horde just like enveloping New York. Uh, on Sunday, Ferrente tweeted that a total of 14 people had been arrested during the event. 46 tickets were issued, he added. The other people were arrested, tickets, faced charges including disorderly conduct, possession of marijuana, and driving while intoxicated. He said police also issued summonses for public urination. One man was charged with resisting arrest after leading police on foot pursuit. So now you've got a bunch of cops chasing a drunk Santa. About Just 100 off. About 100 officers were mobilized for SantaCon, Ferente said. Last year, 17 people were arrested and a woman allegedly punched a police officer in the face. Every the year, face. Santas punch police officers in the face. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in your face. So take us over to NewYorkTimes.com for a breakthrough for U.S. troops, combat-ready pizza. See, I like MRE, so this is cool. I've had some that were okay. Yeah, I don't. I, the ones that I've had weren't real bad. Natick Mass, which is less than an hour from me, we used to go there all the time when I was a kid. The American military calls it combat field rations (MREs) for meals ready to eat, since they require no cooking. But the troops long ago decided that those initials stood for meals refused by everyone. <laughs> the stuff may may have been filling, but it wasn't appetizing. See, I disagree. Even the head of the Army's uh, combat rations program acknowledged that the first few generations of MRE entrees were full of mystery meat and no-name casseroles. It's actually accurate. And that troops in the field quickly grew sick and tired of them. Worried about morale, the Army set out on a long-term effort to upgrade the menu with items the troops might actually like. And its food scientists have finally hit on what may what many say is the holy grail of field rations, the MRE pizza. I actually need to see if I can find one of these. Now being shipped to military bases around the world, the newest 24 current MRE options in a humble 3x5-inch Sicilian-style slice scattered with melt-proof shreds of mozzarella and pebbles of mild pepperoni sealed in a dun-colored laminate pouch. I know that doesn't sound appealing. It isn't much to look at, even even by free pizza standards, but this is no ordinary slice. The quality of MRE duty 
a food item has to be able to survive years of storage in a dank ship's hold or a sun-baked shipping container, withstand Arctic freezes and tropical monsoons, stave off assaults by insects, and remain intact through a parachute drop or even a free fall from 100 feet. Forget 30-minute delivery. Army regulations say that it has to stay fresh for 36 months. And after all that, the pizza still has to be tasty enough to eat. That's the, like a big argument amongst MREs. I found them. <clears> Go ahead and read the article, but when you're done awesome. reading it. It's a tall order in the Army Combat Feeding Dic- uh, Directorate based out of Niantic Soldier System Center in the suburbs of Boston has been trying to fill it for more than 20 years. It took hundreds of failed attempts before the di- directorate finally came up with a workable version. But the deployment of MRE pizza is not just a victory of, for food technology. It is an indication of how much the military has been forced to change its culture since the draft effectively ended in 1973. To recruit and retain the volunteers it needs, the military has built up an elaborate social support structure for troops and their families and now offers child care and family counseling, continuing education benefits, improved base housing, fitness centers that can rival those luxury condo complexes, which has nothing to do with pizza. The, co- the core mission still includes... <laughs> Why did they put this in here? <laughs> wow. The core mission still includes service under Spartan conditions in dangerous lands, but there has been a growing focus on delivering small comforts when possible. Benefits that were once reserved to career force were extended to even the lowest soldier, nothing said Jennifer Billstadt, yep, a professor of history at Rutgers University who has taught courses in the Army War College. Mm-hmm. On the military's changing social contract. Yep, and yeah, there, good. Go ahead. <laughs> there was a board shift towards making life of the soldiers more palatable, and pizza is part of that. She said, "MRAs ah, introduced okay. in the early 1980s to replace canned field rations come in a tough plastic pouch and are meant to supply a complete 1,200 calorie meal, including snacks, dessert, and instant coffee. All MRAs also include a flameless ration heater activated by adding water to a chemical pouch." Little side note, you can take that chemical pouch, crush it up, put it in a bottle, fill it with water, seal it with tape, and it explodes. The pouches also include items like toilet paper, matches, and chewing gum that may be hard to come by in the field. You can also like this steam on fire because it's hydrogen-based. Soldiers have always crossed about the chow. I probably shouldn't have shared that. Of course, don't try this at home, folks. Oh, absolutely, try it. Buy an MRE and blow yourself up. But eat the pizza first. Generation... Dude, no! Generations of generals have repeated the adage that armies march on their stomachs, but few ever mention taste buds. As American military rations evolved from the salt pork and hardtack, oh, hardtack is terrible, of the Civil War to Vietnam-era cans of ham and lima beans, the verdict of the troops remained uh, reliably grim. Well, we just covered a little while ago the whole creation of Salisbury steak, Mm, which had to do with, you know, the troops. That was Civil War, yeah. Those who couldn't chew anymore. It was only direct uh, during the first major field deployment of MRAs during the Gulf War in 1991 that military leaders realized the monotonous and largely brown rations could become a morale problem. Hmm. After the war, General Colin Powell, wow, the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, summoned the heads of Combat Feeding Directorate and gave him a two-word order, fix it. Directorate responded by scrapping the top-down system of developing rations in favor of strategy it called soldier-requested, soldier-tested, soldier-approved. Food scientists began following troops into the field, not just to ask them what they liked and disliked, but also to dig through the trash to see what the troops actually ate. Soon, the least popular offerings, including ham and chicken loaf, and the packaged beef franks, I like the beef franks, that troops called the four fingers of death, got the hook. 
The <laughs> no. <laughs> They're good warm. The directorate also got rid of the rainbow packs of Charms candy, which I also like, that were tucked into small packets. The candies rated well in taste tests, but many Marines considered them bad luck and refused to eat them. How do you consider candy bad? Don't eat I that, don't know, you'll die. Homies got shot while he was carrying one, apparently. <laughs> he was a good man, but he ate the candies. <laughs> he ate the candies. Diverse force in combat, what the Army called uh, menu fatigue. The directorate doubled the numbers of MRE varieties, adding... Entrees like Thai chicken and vegetarian tortellini. I've had the Thai chicken. Yeah, I haven't had the vegetarian tortellini. is good. But when the Army surveyed the troops about what they really wanted, the top answer was always the same. They all wanted pizza and beer, said uh, Michelle Richardson, one of the Army's senior food technologists. We couldn't give them beer. But pizza, I like a challenge. They could have given them non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. As ubiquitous as pizza is in America, it proved very hard to perfect as a field ration. Make the crust too dry and you end up with hardtack. Too moist and it molders in the pouch. It took years to develop a spongy, stable bread. That just sounds horrible. With just the right amount of moisture trapped in blends of gums, oils, sugars, and a touch of glycerol. That's sweetener. Adding cheese, sauce, and meat brought the barrage a new problem. Moisture would migrate from the one ingredient to another, drying out the sauce and turning the crust to mush. Oxygen hiding in the whole structure in the whole structure of the bread turned the cheese brown and the pepperoni rancid. <laughs> I never thought about that. Pepperoni goes bad and it, it it will wreak chaos on your intestinal tract. Side note, I know it personally. The food scientists kept tweaking the pizza's cheese, bread, and sauce until they had all the same levels of moisture and the same pH, so they would not interact and spoil. And to fight oxidation, the team added a small sachet, I said that right, of iron filings to a sealed pouch. What? Should bind any free oxygen. Yeah. It rusts. It takes the oxygen and rusts instead of... Huh, okay. You right. can't put yeah. silica gel packs in there. No, no, I never would have thought of that, though. It's just the idea of having a little packet of metal with rust in it. I wonder how many people yeah. try to actually eat that on accident, but go ahead. I hope no one in this, I hope nobody that's currently fighting for us tried that. <laughs> when they had a slice that could remain stable for six months in storage at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, it was time for a taste test. It scored pretty well, said Miss, uh, well, Miss Richardson said. On a scale, it got a seven. Nine is the highest. I think M&M's get an eight. M&M's only got an eight? Yeah, go figure. The slice put into production, and will it will debut in the field this year as MRE number 23, packed in a tan bag along with blueberry cobbler, which is delicious, a powdered chocolate protein drink, which is horrible, an oatmeal cookie, no raisins, and the Italian breadsticks with jalapeno cheese spread. The cheese spread is terrible. Uh, so how does the pizza taste really? Only a few troops have had a chance to try a slice yet. But it is already possible uh, possible for civilians to obtain pizza MREs online, and a surprising number of military buffs and field ration fanatics have posted YouTube videos of tastings. Their ratings average from not bad, with several comparisons to school cafeteria pizza. Oh no! Uh, you have to remember they they were designed to be eaten when you are wet, cold, and hungry," said a spokesman for Compact Feeding uh, Directorate, David Achetta. They taste better then. Yeah, because you're miserable. For an independent expert's opinion, the New York Times turned to Jeff Pond, the chef at uh, Area 4, one of the top-rated artisanal pizzerias in Boston. Uh, in a kitchen where dough from 
14-year-old sourdough starter has been dressed with uh, pistachio pesto and wilted Swiss. What are they doing to pizza? How long what is are they this article? My God. Okay, Mr. go ahead. On, on a plate. There is a philosophy that no pizza is bad. But bullshit. He said, eyeing the plastic pouch, but I'm wondering what I've gotten myself into. He slid the slice of pizza. He slid the slice out of the pouch and took a tentative bite. Then a few chews. You know, they're not far off, he finally said. It's familiar. It reminds me of frozen pizza I had as a kid. He took another bite. I actually like this, he said. Think about it. Their job, designing a pizza that will last, is much harder than I have to do, than what I do. It's cool. They would go through this to deliver something like that to for the average soldier. All right. Now, if you click over in the link that I just sent you in the escape window, you'll Hold find on. a link that takes you right to the site where you can buy it. It's the epiccenter.com forward slash bridge forward dash foods, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I don't know. Um, Four dollars. Yeah, that's not that bad. Ready? Oh, it's just the pizza. Four dollars? I, I don't think it's the whole like meal. It's just the pizza. Ready to eat stable bridge forward pizza sauce with cheese. Four dollars? Pizza with pepperoni pizza with cheese and sauce. Uh, MRE Pizza. Oh, yeah, baby. The Epicenter crew had an opportunity to taste uh, the pre-production prototype MRE pepperoni pizza several months ago, but we were sworn to secrecy until now. Government secrets being released here, folks. And it was well worth the wait. Mm. Uh, no cooking required. It can be eaten cold, but we recommend heating the pizza in the pouch in an MRE flameless re uh, ration heater or in hot water for five to 10 minutes, or remove the pizza from the pouch and place it in an oven on a cooking sheet or pizza stone for six to seven minutes. Uh, about Emory at Bridgeport, Emory sandwiches, no refrigeration required, Emory to military pouch style, retort packaging, a co competent of first strike rations, blah, 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 blah. I get them for $1.21 on Amazon. MREs, huh? Yep. Wow. I, I guess, you know, I don't, you can buy, okay, uh, deep discounts for full cases of 60s. Uh, call for additional discounts on multiple cases. Well, I guess if you're a prepper, yeah, you can get them. If you buy 60 plus, you can get them for 329 each, but you can get them for cheaper than on Amazon. Yeah, you can. I can get, what did I just say? I can get a box of, hold on. If we weren't such cheap bastards and we had money, we would actually run a contest and like whoever won would get an MRE from us, but I don't want to go through the hmm. process of ordering them and then reshipping them and paying for all the shipping because we have no money. <laughs> no. So I'm going to move on while you're uh, looking at that. This is a local story. I almost just for I almost forgot about it, but I just looked it up in between playing uh, calls here. Hungry Howie's employees fired over arm in sauce video. This took place right up the road from me in Livonia, Michigan. Uh, Livonia, Michigan. Video in Hungry Howard's pizza employee stirring a bucket of sauce with her bare arm has led the termination of both the woman and the video, the person filming the video who recorded the disgusting act. It was posted on Snapchat with the caption that read elbow deep. And it's got a picture or a video of a woman in a red shirt shoving her arm all the way into a big bucket of pizza sauce. Uh, cool. The video was shot at Hungry Howie's on Seven Mile and Inkster in Livonia. According to the manager of that location, both employees were originally reprimanded but not fired. But since the viral the video went viral and they got their asses handed to them, that changed. The owner now <laughs> says that's changed and both employees have been fired. Fired. The owner of Hungry Howie's, Jeff Hearn, says he's owned the store and others for over 40 years and said he has changed his policies 
This is exactly how it is written. For over 40 years, it says <laughs> he has changed the policies have changed. Or says that he's changed, the policies have changed. Exclamation points, uh, all that stuff matters when you're writing these articles. Actually, there's no exclamation point in that. That would make it whatever. Okay. Uh, I don't know why that happened. We have a procedure and they don't follow it. <laughs> and said, that's why not happy myself seeing that video with their hands in the sauce arm pizza Fox two. Uh, no, mm. moving on here. Uh, I'm probably not going to lie about it. Okay. Did, do you know if they serve the sauce on the pizza? Probably. I'm not going to lie yes. about it. So there's a good chance that you got arm pizza sauce when you ordered your pizza. The owner says that this Ugh. used to be the way the pizza chain used to teach new employees how to stir their sauce seven years ago. After seeing the video. So you, you, you it, it was a little more hygienic seven years ago? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you not just here? Here's a big long spoon. You mix the stuff up. You don't even you need it. They usually sell paddles. Something. Yeah, spoon paddle. Like when I worked something. at the pizza place, we had a paddle, a big. It looked like a little tiny oar. Yeah, I've got one from when I make my beer. I've got I've got one when I stir See? my pot when I'm brewing. Uh, after seeing the video on Fox Two, a former employee who chose to remain anonymous said that he worked the same store in Seven Mile in Inkster when he was 16 about 20 years ago. He explained that this was the way he was taught using his arm as well. I felt bad for the two girls, he said, because that's how they were trained to do it, and I was trained the same way. The sauce came in packets. Uh, you would take a five-gallon bucket and dump the packet in the bottom, then pour raw tomato sauce, and then put your arm in there and stir it up the seasonings. Use a spoon. That's it, dude. Granted, you get the ore. You could have washed your arm, but you have fingernails, and things get caught under fingernails yeah, and, and pour. You know. I mean, like, if they had like on a full sleeve, yeah, glove, like yeah. you know, you then fine. But come on, there's. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make people use their arm, then have protection. You know. Yeah, for t- an arm condom. Yeah, an Absolutely. arm condom. Uh, the former employee says that even the health department would come to the store and the sauces would be mixed first thing. Uh, even if they saw the sauces in the freezer, they don't know how it was mixed. He says he can't believe the arm sauce stirring may still be going on. People get sick every day because things like this, the former employee said. Hearn said that stirring practice has long since been changed. We've already established that and you fucked up. Well, your employees yeah, did. right. That was 20-year-old program that's been changed, as you already stated, Hearn said. Not because of yesterday. It's been quite a few years now. We've changed, as you said multiple times now. Paid please, by the letter. Paid please, by we've the letter. changed. Please don't stop ordering pizzas from us. We have changed. Hearn said his employees are supposed to use a whisk to toss the sauce. <laughs> uh, Fox great. 2, when did you switch to the whisk? It has been about seven years now, Hearn said. Uh, meanwhile, a spokesperson for Hungry Howie's told Fox 2 Thursday that the food served at the company's practice are of the highest standards and that all the franchise and store operators are trained to use the same methods. I'm sorry that this incident happened, Hearn said. A protocol we're going to be changing this around. That's all I have to say. That's really all you can say. Web update. The Hungry Howie's official Twitter account posted, We train all our franchises to keep the highest standards of cleanliness. We are working with the owner to have this corrected. It's pretty simple. You've already fired the employees that have done it and filmed the video. You've Mm -hmm. already got the whisk in place. You've already done damage control and gone out and said, We're sorry this happened, blah, 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 blah. I would probably still order a pizza from that place at this point. It's been a long time since this happened. This has been months. This happened way back in July. So if I were to order a pizza from this place, I would not be worried about this. Having yeah. said that, I would probably want to be one of those smart asses that would call up and order a pizza and order it with extra arm. 
extra arm. Yes. Great. So. Like your pizza with extra arm, please? I'd like a cheese and pepperoni pizza with extra arm, please. Excuse me, sir. Uh, I'd like a cheese and pepperoni pizza with extra sausage. You know? And then, you know. I only want it if it's stirred with your arm. I only want arm pizza. (laughs) Arm sauce (laughs) pizza. Mmm. Wow, this tastes so good. What is it? The secret ingredient is the arm. It's the arm sweat. It's the norovirus from underneath your fingernail. Even though, okay, yeah, I didn't think about that either. Hair. You can have hair that comes off your arm. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh, okay. Take us over to Munchies for eating pizza triggers opioids in your brain since you are the former recovering drug addict. Former recovering? Well, yeah. That I, I can, using again? You know what? How, how long have you been clean now? Just the update? What's the update? 23 plus years. Yeah. See, I can make that joke because you've been clean for such a long period of time. I always give sure. you shit about it. You could have made that joke when I had a week clean. Who gives no, a shit? No, I wouldn't have done that. It's funny. No, I uh, done that. Re- ah, new research could have been a big impact on study of addiction, obesity, and eating disorders with pizza. Opiates aren't all bad. Of course, the... Uh, Synthetic and recreational use used kinds are highly lethal and causing an epidemic of overdose across North America. But the ones produced naturally in our own bodies make life awesome, flooding our nervous system with pleasure. We listen to music, have sex, and now we know, eat pizza. Mmm, sex pizza. Wait, no, that's not right. This all sounds about right. Is that, is that written right? This all sounds about right anecdotally. Yeah, yeah when okay. you read it that way, it looks weird, but it, it's, if yeah. you say it phonetically, it's, it's right. But now there's some brain science from the Turku PET Center in Finland that will help you to better understand that impulse to grab another feel-good slice. What is up because, with all this science and pizza mm-hmm. going on right now? This is twice it's, now. It's important. I don't know. You dug up a bunch of articles about pizza. And Who science. Who knew? According to the recent article entitled Feeding Releases Endogenous yeah, Opioids in Humans, published in the Journal of Neuroscience, eating food produces significant opioid release throughout the brain. That is hardly groundbreaking finding, but the study gets more interesting when pizza is introduced. Participants were injected with radioactive component that attract, attached itself to opioid receptors in their brain, thus making the levels of pleasure-inducing opioids measurable through a positron emission tomography, or PET camera. Radioactivity was measured after three different stages. After an overnight fast, a tasteless high-calorie nutritional drink, and finally pizza, but not just any pizza. Arm pizza. Arm pizza. Discerning team of researchers specified that delicious pizza was selected to induce opioid release in the brain, and it worked. So something tells me the MRA pizza isn't going to cut it. <laughs> After crunching some PET data, the Turku team found that eating a delicious pizza led to significant increases of pleasant feelings. Well done. As opposed, to- that's the. <laughs> I don't know. It's science. Really. And- <laughs> As, We've discovered that eating the, bad pizza makes you feel bad, and eating good pizza makes you feel good. You and go. in other news, the sky is blue. Water is wet. As opposed to calorie-matched nutritional drink, which did not. Again, not exactly shocking. But what surprised researchers here was that more opioids were released during consumption of the nutritional drink than during pizza consumption, suggesting that eating triggers opioid release. Even in the absence of subjected pleasure associated with feeding, 
In other words, eating releases opioids like endorphins, no matter how delicious your food is. Yeah, I that have that problem. Sound, That's why I'm fat. Uh, that <laughs> might sound like semantics, but I don't think that's the only reason you're fat. But it could have a big impact on the study of food disorders. Might have something to do with genetics. Uh, it no, was I like to eat. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I was trying to give you the low road. No, but no, we're good. It, it was surprised that endorphins are released uh, in the entire brain and that the nutritional drink had a larger impact. Researcher Jetro. Just call him Jetro the H. I was going to say he couldn't afford the H. <laughs> Jethro Tull said in a press statement as he was playing his flute, this creates a basis for future research and hopefully he will find ways to study and describe the development and predicators of addiction, obesity, and eating disorders. The opioid system regulates eating and appetite. And we have previously found that its dysfunctions are a hallmark of morbid obesity. Interesting. I thought they had to do with adrenaline. Never mind. Uh, what was I reading? Added yeah, author. Lori, added co-author Lori Newman. Newman, Newman, Newman. Dude, I'm not even making that up. N U M M A E N M A. A. Numa uh, Numa Numa Numa. Wow. The present results suggest that overeating may consist uh, continuously overstimulate the opioid system, thus directly contributing to the development of obesity. These findings open new opportunities for treating overeating and development of obesity. Shutting off opioid receptors can uh, get you to stop liking your favorite song, but it, but maybe it can do the same for pizza. Now Ooh. I get an image of my head of like me like. A Gonna give me some pizza, man. Mainlining like, pizza. Yeah, mainlining pizza ah! into my arm with an IV. That's oh. great. I'm sure it tastes the same. All right, uh, let's move on to our last one here. Uh, Domino's pizza tattoos earn some Russian free pizza for life. And moose and a, squirrel. You've got a whole bunch. No, that yeah, moose and squirrel was Russian. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, I should have had you read this in your Russian accent. No. Oh, nope. it would have been so Too much late. better. It would have been so Too much late. better. Nope. Uh, that was the deal offered. To, okay, uh, one tattoo, 100 years, 100, uh, 10,000 free pizzas. Not 110,000, 10,000 free pizzas. This was the deal offered to people in Russia last week when Domino's Pizza in Russia began their Domino's Forever campaign on social media offering free pizza for your whole life. The catch to earn the crust, people had to get a permanent tattoo of Domino's logo on a visible spot of their bodies. Uh, then there's a tweet with a whole bunch of Russian writing and symbols, uh, which probably say Vladimir Putin's number one leader is great. Run country perfectly. Also run United States of America. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, the wow. post. I would assume it says something about pizza because there's little pizzas. Yes. But okay, we'll go with that. When you assume you make an ass of you and me. The post says people who get tattoos will be given a certificate offering a maximum of 100 free pizzas per year for a century. A possible 10,000 pizzas. Awesome. But to get that many free pizzas, you would have to live well beyond the average life expectancy. Nevertheless, Russian social media has soon was soon. Now I want to read it as a Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, Russia social media was soon washed with hundreds of people looking to take advantage of pizza deal. Uh, many of the posts were fairly self-aware with people considering themselves captive to the offer of free meals. Man, there are look at the one where it's got prisoners. Prisoner of freebie. Yeah. 
that's ah, kind cool. of an odd one. It's got like the little domino there. Well, at least they're being like artistically creative with the tattoo. Sure. After hundreds of posts appearing across Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Russian language social media platform Kavonkini Crazy Ivan Domino's was forced to impose strict rules upon entries. The pizza. Now they went back and like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. We got to yeah. change the rules. We may now. have not thought this through. Like the guy that says, if you can prove to me that the Earth is flat, I will pay you X amount of money. And then very quickly he went back and changed it. Uh, the pizza chain. <laughs> Clarified only the first 300 feet, 350, I almost said feces, the first 350 people to post such pictures on social media would receive the free meals and warned that while the tattoo can be any color, it must be at least two centimeters, 0.79 inches in length. Furthermore, it released an image clarifying the visible parts of the body where people are allowed to have the tattoo. You'll notice that the crotch in area and buttocks are not highlighted. So you have huh. to get the tattoo on your head, uh, arms, head, neck, or legs. Shoulders. Shoulders, yes. Or um, arms. <laughs> you cannot get the tattoo on your ass, on your penis, or on your chest. Uh, Surprised you wouldn't allow it on your thigh. My my guess. Well, yeah. Well, that would be inappropriate. On your thigh? Well, depending where on your thigh. But hey, you know what? Sure. Um, despite the change of rules, the pictures kept on coming with people sharing posts of tattoos on arms, tattoos on legs, and even tattoos on thumbs. There's highlighted links to all of these. With the entries coming so quickly, Domino's was forced to bring the competition to a halt as they quickly hit their 300 participant, 350 participant threshold. Friends, we already have 350 participants. Please stop calling the show with phone calls about pizzas. (laughs) Domino's wrote on his Facebook page, we are not receiving any new tattoos. If you are a tattoo artist getting tattoos, we will include you in the list of participants, but we are waiting for pictures before 12 o'clock today. For those getting tattoos later, we recommend canceling the appointment because, unfortunately, we will not be able to include you. But by this point, the warnings did not stop the tattoos. On Instagram alone, uh, there have been over 80 additional applications using the campaign ha- campaign hashtag since the promotion officially closed, with more on Facebook and Clovage Crazy Ivan, whatever the hell their social media platform is. <laughs> Crazy that, Ivan social media. <laughs> that may not seem like much, but can you imagine getting this tattoo and not receiving a free pizza? Unfortunately for those late entrants, it seems Domino's feels the same way as the company continued to reply to posts. Domino's responded to John Adamvansky. Moose and Squirrel, who was posted his tattoo after Domino stopped the offer, to let him know that they would contact him privately to arrange his price. Yo, dude, we're going to hook up with you privately, but, you know, we're not saying whatever. Uh, Was it worth it? Instagram user uh, Katrina Lunina, Moose and Squirrel, certainly seems to be getting her money's worth, as she has already cashed in on the deal twice, letting her followers know her free pizza certificate is getting used. Well, they're getting their money's worth out of the advertisement then. Hey, sure. Uh, she's holding a can of gold. I don't know what that is. It must be some kind of energy drink. And just in case you're wondering what these free pizza certificates look like, one couple were kind enough to share a snap of their pizza passes with the BBC. Yes, they are Domino's Pizza with Russian written on them. Mm. So, yeah, this was a legit thing. But I guess they had so many people... <laughs> Getting pizza. Some of these pizzas actually look pretty cool. There's the Domino's pizza slice with a domino right in the middle of it. Yep. 
They're not bad. Uh, I mean, they're know, not, I mean, I've seen worse. Then again, you well, you know, I'm, I can't really say this with any true legitimacy because I don't know how things quite are in Russia. But at one time, you couldn't even get a loaf of bread. So you take a country that can't get what they want and say, "We'll give you free pizza for a tattoo." They're, they're going to jump on that shit. Yeah, dude, they're going <laughs> to run at that. All right, uh, let's run some more calls here, and then we'll close out the show. I'm trying to use the phone. Hey, this is Jamie from Illinois. Um, I believe a pizza is a quick cooking flat yeasty bread type substance with um, like a pasta or Italian type sauce, usually a white sauce or a red sauce, followed by a quickly melting cheese and then the toppings of your choice. Um, there are other combinations such as cheeseburger pizza or taco pizza that are a little bit different, but it's the same formula of bread, sauce, cheese, and toppings. My favorite combination happens to be pineapple and pepperoni. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Rogan and Lobo. It's A.A. Ron or, I don't know, Aaron. Where is A.A. Ron right now? Calling from Springfield. Here, since my wife calls a pizza, I have to, too. Perfect pizza, or what pizza is, hand-tossed dough, neatly done, or basically not even neatly done, but just kind of like just laid out, complete by hand, but perfect, whatever you want to call it. Anyways, light sauce, your typical cheeses, and whatever toppings you want, but it has to be, preferred thing would be oven-fired pizza, or brick oven pizza, that's it, brick oven pizza. That's the perfect way to do it. Nice and crispy, cheese nice and gooey on top, just perfect. My preferred toppings... I usually like ham and pineapple, but when I was a kid, I have not been able to find any place that does it since then. Uh, there was this pizza place in my hometown. Did a BLT pizza. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato with mayonnaise on it. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! No, it seems probably kind of gross, but it tasted good. It tasted good. Anyways, that's my take on pizza. I'll surely call in for the... Next food trend on the Facebook group. Take care, guys. Hi, guys and everyone. This is Arnie from Meridian, Idaho. And this is about pizza, which to me is it's a, a dish of a Italian origin made out of a dough that's flattened and usually round. And then you put uh, a sauce, tomato-based, garlic-based, the sauce that you, is your, of your preference on it. And along with uh, tomatoes and cheese and chicken and bacon and artichoke hearts and uh, spinach, <laughs> which is generally, I like it on a thin crust. With those ingredients and, uh, you know, Parmesan and things like that on it too. This is one of my favorite pizzas. But uh, I'm generally a fan of the traditional toppings for the most part. Anyway, there's my take on pizza. And hope I didn't stumble around too much. Bye. This is Robert in West Virginia and Robert's wife. I'm going to tell you about pizza. I've been present for the baking of every little cheese pizza on the island. Surely nothing one's baked with pineapple. Actually, they can't bake with pineapple. Topping control is one of our security precautions. There's no unauthorized baking in Papa Park. I know they can't bake. Well, because all the pizzas in Papa Park are cheese. We've engineered them that way. But again, how do you know they're all cheese? So my God, the park and open up all the boxes. We control their toppings. It's really not that difficult. All pizzas are inherently cheese anyway. They just require an extra topping given at the right prep stage. 
to make them Hawaiian. We simply deny them that. Oh, but the kind of control here, two things, simply is uh, it's not possible. If there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, uh, is that pineapples will not be contained. Pizza breaks free. It expands to new territories. It crashes through barriers, painfully, and even dangerously, but uh, there it is. You're implying that a pizza composed entirely of cheese and crust will go full Hawaiian? No, uh, I'm simply saying that pizza, well, uh, finds a way. This is Daniel from Pennsylvania, and uh, to me, a pizza is an earth-shaped foodstuff. Just kidding. It's a flat, flat, unleavened, circular bread covered with a sauce and a cheese and preferably some kind of meat and cooked in a nice wood oven and uh, wood coal oven and you eat it hot or cold, whatever your preference is. My preference is uh, I like sausage and ricotta cheese with some uh, tomato sauce and uh, maybe some fresh basil. Yeah, definitely fresh basil and an olive oil drizzle. That's a pizza to me. Rojan, Lobo, this is Rudy. Uh, I'm calling from upstate New York. Pizza is a flat dough with semi-rising capabilities with tomato sauce, cheese of various sorts, mostly mozzarella, on top with a layer of added garnish or vegetables, fruits, and and meats. Yes, tomato is a fruit. Shut up, everybody who says not. My favorite pizza toppings are garlic, pepperoni, banana peppers, and jalapenos. So help me God, if anyone says that pineapple belongs on a pizza, you are now my sworn enemy. I will hunt you down, and I will destroy you. Peace out, guys. Love you all. Love the show. Keep doing it, boys. Love you. Bye. Hey, it's Brett from the Travel Oddities Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, you guys are doing a great job over there at Project Archivist. Thank you so much for all of your support. And uh, I hope that you guys are in a good place and are doing well. Lobo, get well soon. I'd like to see you on your feet. You're better on your feet than you are on your back. Oh! Anyway... New episodes every week. Check us out. TravelAudies.com, iTunes, or your favorite podcast provider. As always, stay on. I'm calling from Woodhaven, and pizza is life. Pizza is life. All right. I think that'll do it for the year 2018. Um, probably taking a couple of weeks off for the show. I got to book some more guests up and stuff and uh, mm. we're just going to chill and enjoy the holidays. Um, hey, Rich on. Rich. Oh, the werewolf guy? Yep. Yeah, work that out. Yeah, don't um, worry, I will. I do want to send a shout out to Brenda though. Brenda was somebody, when me and Chuck were down a few, God, it's probably been three years ago, four years ago now maybe, I don't remember. But when we were down, two years ago, we were down at, uh, when me and Chuck went to the uh, motorcycle show in Columbus. I was like, Hey, you know, Mothman's only about an hour away. And I took him down to uh point pleasant, West Virginia. And me and Chuck went around. That was like the week after the Mothman festival, which was great. Cause when we were there, when I was there for Mothman, the place was packed and well, we recorded a show in a parking lot. Actually, do you remember that when the guy was chasing yep. me down, trying to get catch Pokemon on his phone or something like that? Mm-hmm. Me and you were recording a show. I think that was when we recorded the Jesus episode, which was we we had the idea of coming out with the little biblical crackers that would be delivered. Mm-hmm. 
if you needed them. But um, yes, me and Chuck were heading into the woods where the TNT bunkers were at. And these people were coming out and uh, I was talking to him like, yeah, I've got this show, blah, blah, blah. We've had Seth, Seth Breed love on the show. And one of them was a woman named Brenda. And she uh, joined our Facebook page last week. But she said she found after we talked to her, she found our show and listened to it on the way home and has been listening to us ever since. I just thought it was pretty cool that this person we ran into ages ago that I met like out in, quote unquote, the field at a paranormal site, found our show and listened to it. And she's joined up on our Facebook page now. So I wanted to send her a shout out. But, um, yeah, we're done. I don't have too much more to say for the year. Uh, thank mm. you to everybody who contacted me in regards to my surgery. I'm doing good now. I'm, I'm pretty much back up to par. I'm at about 95%. I can get a full air of lungs. I'm moving around just fine. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But as I said earlier, I've been losing my mind because I've been stuck at home. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the last show for the year unless I get bored and throw something else up there, hokey or cheesy or something like that. I might. I might throw a found audio episode up there. Just every time I say I'm done for the year, I always end up throwing something else up in one way or another. But um, that's it. No idea yet who we're going to have on for next year. I have a lot of potentials that I have to work out. Um, we do have people lined up, but I don't want to say who they are because of the curse of the nope, show. No, don't. So Chris sent us books. Yes. Yes, she did. She did. She is such a sweetheart. She sent she, me, she sent us a fat stack of autographed Haunted Ohio books. Sure did. She loves being on Glad to see show. that. Yeah, dude, she's awesome on the she show. Is. And a lot of people like her being on the show. She's, uh, from what I understand, she's one of our most loved guests that we have on here. Probably because every time she comes on here, she always has something new and interesting to talk about. But, um, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I have to go off and begin doing holiday festivity baking, like brownies and pies and things like that for uh, the family get-togethers this week. Uh, everybody out there, have a good holiday season. If the holidays are over with for you when you hear this, I hope everything went well for everybody. Um, love all you people. Same as always. Thank you for contributing to our Patreon, you know, all that stuff. And we will see you guys again soon. This is Rojan. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays. Peace out from Detroit. This is Lobo from Connecticut. Happy Chris Mahanza Kwanzaa from Connecticut. Have I don't some know. Arm or MRE pizzas in your time. Mm, off. Indeed. So, yeah. That's it. folks. Peace. Bye bye. Take care. Bye.
packages tied up with strings while geese that fly with the moon on their wings silver white winters that melt into springs these are a few of my favorite things green colored ponies and crisp pepper strudels This is Amy in Manitowoc again. Um, I don't think you understand how important pizza philosophy really is to me. Um, I wanted to bring up two more things I don't think we touched on. Calzones, first of all, are like the abomination of what a pizza should be, and I don't think we should even classify that as a pizza. And two, pizza rolls, while delicious and cheap and easy to make, are definitely not pizza, okay? They are just full of sauce and cheese and their tiny little pockets and basically should just be called microwavable ravioli. I mean, lasagna has cheese and sauce in it and we don't call that pizza pasta, do we? No, we don't. So I, I just think they should be called like raviolis or just rolls. So yeah, I mean, this is a touchy subject and we need to clarify these things because it's important. It's important to America.